two, three, and we live. Mm-hmm. How's it going, man? Yeah, good. Good. Yeah. Excited about this first episode. Yeah, I'm excited. I'm excited to be, uh, um, you know, finally starting to do some podcasts. I think this is a good thing to to do. Uh, yeah. It's a good discipline to get into. It helps your helps helps your mind work, right? What 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 why why do you think you're starting a podcast now? Like, who inspired you? I mean, me personally, I think it's really just starting watching Joe Rogan on YouTube. Yeah, yeah, same actually. I'm I'm quite a big fan of Joe Rogan, and uh, and I like the whole long tail format. Like, yeah, I like the way that that you know you can start to um, get a lot more information. I mean, it's just like you know, fly on the wall type of thing. You know, yeah, you get you get a sense of of different people and listening to conversations. I mean, we do that naturally in real life. Yeah, um, and I think it also you know gives you an opportunity to really broaden your knowledge in, you know, listening to, to experts, which is really what Joe Rogan does. You know, he brings people in, they can be entertainers, they can be very, you know, um, good at what they do and they bring a totally new perspective. You know, it's, it's that type of thing that you would never, you know, you know, you never normally get to have first-hand contact with for the most part. And it feels like you're almost in the room. Yeah, exactly. I mean, uh, to me, it feels like it's a new medium. I mean, it's a medium that is quite old, right? Mm-hmm. But nowadays, it, to me, it just came across as a medium to be able to share, let's uh, say, a form of knowledge or a form of vision that I had that I wasn't able to express with the other tools, you know, whether it was across videos or just marketing ads or, you know, pitch through, you know, to other businesses. Mm-hmm. Uh, this kind of like conversation that you have with someone, you know, I always felt like when I was. Um, when I had a business with other people, that the conversations that I had with my coworkers, I wish I could just record them and share that with the clients and be like, this is actually what we want to achieve. Mm-hmm. And every time I felt a bit frustrated that our entire vision was just, you know, explained with five to 10 uh, slides or in a two minutes video or, you know, mm-hmm. it, it didn't, I felt, I felt like it wasn't giving it justice, you know. Mm-hmm. Was that now the podcast format that, Sometimes they like two, three hours, yeah, they're long. But actually you're able to really listen to them and understand what's behind someone else's idea and mm-hmm. or vision about maybe a business or a company or, or a subject that that person is really passionate about. Yeah. So, you know, that's why I really wanted to, to start this uh, this project with you because we have so many of those long conversations that we, we I wish we could record just share the world. Yeah, you know? yeah, absolutely agree. I think, you know, it's just very much about that. Um, I mean, you can pull the ideas out and, you know, have clips, which is what Rogan does. But uh, but it's very much about the dynamic that you kind of the energy that you have between, you know, um, two people or, or a small group of people where you, you have a conversation and, um, you know, you have personalities and, and opinions and, you know, people's ideas, you know. It's like it's like you know you bounce off each other and yeah and you create you create something that that can be quite quite interesting and special and especially if you're a person looking for content on a specific topic, then you know it can be very very helpful to get a completely original perspective because most people are operating in very small environments and and you know to learn and to grow. I mean I think this this format definitely opens up a, a world of possibilities for anybody uh, who, who just wants to broaden their, their knowledge in general. So what's going to be our first topic? Um, I think our first topic is, 
I guess around uh, around around the high level of you know how 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 mindset really you know how, how yeah. do we need to think about um, how do we need to approach I guess you know um, business product um, you know what 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 is it actually that that motivates people. Um, um, so yeah, I don't know. So, so, so I think to give a little bit of background to our listeners, we both um, read or listened to uh, "Starting with Why" by uh, Simon uh, Sinek, Sinek. Yeah. Uh, a couple of weeks ago, and I think he just creates so many conversations around the topic of, you know, manipulation versus uh, inspiration. Mm-hmm. Uh, ver- uh, to me, there was a concept that is very, very strong. It was a uh, novelty versus innovation. You know, I met Terence uh, through uh, optimization, so conversion optimization. Um, he, and, you know, it, it's only recently that I really realized that whatever we were mentioning in terms of being optimization for innovation wasn't every time actually innovation. I think I'm not even actually sure that I've ever done innovation. A lot of the things that we've done or that I've done at least was mostly a novelty uh, for businesses, just interesting maybe you know, those new features that are impactful somehow, you know, to the customer experience, but they, they haven't transgressed beyond, you know, being a, a, an optimized version of what the product was. He, he never went through a, a shaking up a, a business model or, or things like that, that Simon really explains, I mean, explains really well in his book. And I think that's why we wanted to have this, you know, this, this first theme as being, you know what? Why is really CRO and how we can imp, you know implicate this uh, starting with why book? Mm, absolutely, you know? yeah, I couldn't agree more. And I think you know, especially as a as a CRO, um, you know, person, I think um, you know it resonates very much with with what we do because it's a form of optimization and and also lends itself a lot to to psychology and you know what actually motivates people and what, you know, creates uh, loyalty and, you know, all of these other things that really um, um, help people to really understand where you're coming from. And I think that's really what this book is all about. Um, what you're saying, you know, in terms of, um, you know, novelty versus innovation is, is a huge topic. And um, yeah, innovation is kind of like that unicorn that everyone's looking for, right? Um, it's, it's that thing that not everybody understands how to get there, you know, how, how is it, how can, how can the big companies, the biggest names, you know, how can they sustain a model that, that, that is constantly innovating? Uh, you know, Apple is one of the main examples that he gives in his book. Um, you know, what is it that they do that is different to everyone else? But I, I think there's this underlying, you know, narrative and consistency throughout about where they're coming from, you know, the company, um, you know, the company vision is is clear, and there's a message that they want to put across throughout every aspect of what they do. So, you know, it, it, you know, from from any piece of marketing through to the products, you know, it's very much about, you know, w- what is the purpose? You know, does that purpose represent who we are? And, you know, and it's that that clear messaging that, that helps other people, you know, recognize and, you know, either, you know, um, they're either drawn towards or they're put off by, you know, so they, 
they you know this is the power of of of, of inspiration you of know? why basically of why yeah. i think knowing you know you mentioned something good because so in, in my previous experience we put together something we called a, a pilot program and it was really to help companies understanding the current uh, pains uh, in the business and uh, the gains that employees would want to create to kind of improve that end-to-end uh, journey but what i really noticed when i was speaking to all those different uh i want to say large groups whether it's in the uk europe etc is that a lot of them had no idea what what was the direction of the business and what i mean by direction is you know whenever you i think you want to tr- you're trying to improve something you need to improve it towards you know something correct it's kind of like a vector right you have a, a speed and a direction and uh, the speed is kind of how many tests you can do or how many experiments but the direction is very much the vision and um, and so many of them would say that the the, the vision is is always quantitative quantitative especially as consultant they would always tell us and and you remember when we used to work together i think it was the same the end the kpi that we were always was you know trying to improve was revenue mm-hmm. or yeah. how many product we sold right mm-hmm. some companies called the ipo whatever mm-hmm. uh, items per orders and and yeah i understand this is great you know it's really important that you make sure that whenever you test something or want to implement a new strategy within your business that it actually uh, reflects on the bottom line i can understand this this perspective but you know something that we were talking about the other days i'm really wondering if this um this actually concept is actually is actually counterproductive mm-hmm. for innovation yeah and uh, i want and, and this started to grow in my mind when uh, when i spoke to someone who was actually was at, was at amazon and was doing a lot of tests for them back in the days actually when they when he was in 99 uh, um, and and he was saying you know for for us the really the maximum the percentage that we'd be looking at for significance was 70 percent right mm. it wasn't the 90 the 95 percent were you actually absolutely sure yeah. they just wanted to make sure that it was going in the right direction mm-hmm. uh, and the company for for the company and they wouldn't always be looking at quantitative um uh data mm-hmm. a lot of quite often it was qualitative you know are the users happy with that new service etc mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. first of all what if you always look at you know reaching something like 95 percent yeah um yeah absolutely you know it narrows your yeah uh, it narrows and it just slows down i mean i know this is this this can bring a lot of controversy to everything that i've said in the past because i've always been someone you know very much um mm-hmm. based on the stats and i think the strategy is very important and you need to give direction to your program blah blah and scalability is so important as well mm-hmm. being lean but I, i'm really wondering if this process is actually killing innovation always being focused on on the number rather than on you know can you really measure uh customer satisfaction satisfaction i mean i've tried in the past with things like nps net promoter score but something that we i think we we really found out is that those the people that were actually scoring us was mostly the people that actually were unhappy about our product mm. so it wasn't really reflective of where we're at as a, as a company yeah. you know so we had a lot of detractors but you know we, we knew that there was a lot of happy, uh, persons happy with our products they would actually send sometimes send us email and stuff but for example the nps wasn't something that that worked for us mm. and, and like i'd like to know your opinion on uh, on this actually because you know you have a background as a designer and stuff um, yeah, you, yeah. You, you're a lot more creative than I am. So, I'm, I'm, you know, whenever you're trying to maybe build an experience, should you always have in mind this uh, bottom line? What, what do you think? 
I think I think you make a very strong point there. You know, um, in terms of the hard KPIs, you know, which are the things that the business is most interested in, in terms of being an effective business, because business is there to make money, of course. And you know, this is what um, a lot of companies focus on. But it is, I believe, as well, it's it can be quite short-sighted. You know, if your goal is to build a customer-centric experience and be, you know. Um, aligned with your customers' needs, then that doesn't, that's not necessarily answered by, you know, higher revenues, you know, you're yeah. forcing them down a path where it's better for your bottom line, but it might be less pleasant for them as a, as a customer, as a, as a user experience is, is the, is the short sighted. So I think, you know, um, I think, yeah, I think exactly. I, I mean, I think it's logical to believe that, you know, focusing on some of the softer goals like you know MPS and you know some of the more subjective things things that are harder to test and harder to prove out but are certainly things that are more aligned with your you know company vision potentially you know because revenue will come you know this is this is the idea anyway you know and and also the attribution of the revenue that you eventually you know make you know you really have to believe in your in your vision you have to believe in okay what do i actually want for my business okay i believe in our users i believe in our customer base i believe in giving them what they want and if that is truly what you believe and if your message is clear and your experience reflects that i think ultimately um your customers are gonna are gonna also they're gonna understand that they're gonna relate to that and they're gonna, yeah. I think your your NPS will go up, and I think that's one thing that you should be trying to do, um, to to generate that loyalty, to to have that that you know connection with your users. Um, I think I think you're yeah. It's a very strong point that you make, but um, you know what with CR is yeah very much about hard KPIs. I feel like I had so much exposure to to CRO and and my 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 understanding of it. I've changed across the year. You know, my, my first exposure of it was uh, was with a marketing agency that that was really focusing on the neuroscience to try to improve the experience. And then, uh, you know, I met you, and um, you know, we we're working at the time. I think for a company that's really trying to grow, so those K, you know those hard KPIs that we just mentioned were so important, right? Mm-hmm. That was really the main thing. And at, at the time, we were also really trying to scale the program. So I think when you try to scale, you have to look at those hard KPIs to make sure that you know. That, that is working basically, right? If if you're trying to, you know, if you're looking at growing a CRO team, if one day you're doing two tests and the next day uh, ten, yeah, you've grown. So that's that's important. But then uh, when I when I've tried, to, you know, when I've started consulting or just being a social engineer for bigger companies, that's when I realized that uh, you know, does CRO really have a place in those companies? And yes or no? And you know, I think what they're trying to achieve with CRO is always, I think, at the moment, innovation. And they, there's always, I think there's a big mistake at the moment between, um, in the CRO world, between innovation and um, uh, novelty. Mm. I think that's something yeah. that we'll, 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 we'll talk about later. Yeah. Uh, what is novelty? What is innovation? You know, to me, novelty is, uh, I like how Simon explains it, you know, take a phone, add a, a new feature, like a faster connection or, you know, a new fun feature like a new better camera those are the novelties mm. right uh, mm. having a, a 30 pixel camera is not gonna revolutionize an industry it's not gonna change the behavior 
mm-hmm. in uh, the people that actually purchase it. And actually, that's really, uh, you know, I think a good example of what CEO has been accomplished. I think what I see, what I've seen CEO accomplishing for a lot of businesses in recent years is that it's always been focusing on, on those tiny things. You know, mm-hmm. uh, are we going to, like, you know, it really start with the story of a green button versus a red button. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah, maybe it's going to improve somehow your click-through rate because of some neuroscience concept. But it's, it's not going to transform your business. You're not going to become mm-hmm. the next Amazon because your conversion rate somehow double because of that. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and you know, if I, if I go back to this pilot program that we had put together, our goal was really trying to unlock business problems, you know. And because and, and then you know we would test those uh, solutions to unlock those problems, but we really wanted to focus on problems that were actually you know very very much blocking the business to grow. You know, uh, and that were problems such as not enabling um, employees to you know maybe research data. Yeah. Right. Yeah. It's so important. Every employee should be able to access data super easily to take data-driven decisions. Yeah. You know things like and okay. it should be democratized it should be exactly do you remember business, i mean yeah. we, uh, we're not gonna mention this company but it was a gaming company let's call it um, company l <laughs> uh, and in company l we had this amazing project we, where we wanted to democratize their across the entire customer experience yeah uh, team mm-hmm. and what i mean by it is even the the guy that was picking up the phone would have access to data to say, to guide uh, the people that would have a problem yeah. uh, within the website application, right? Mm-hmm. That's how. That's at the time. That was what three years ago, four years ago. Yeah, that's it. And even even that. that I I mean, you know, from a design yeah. standpoint, the the ability to understand the effectiveness of your of the elements that you choose to incorporate into any marketing campaign, exactly to have data and feedback on what works and what doesn't work with your customer base in any given territory because it was yeah you know, no exactly and that that's that's what our CRO team was trying to accomplish uh we, yes we had clashes with the ui ux team because i think our focus was never on uh, changing the color of a button or yeah. a link and and really but that was a problem with structure as well yeah you know? yes and no because we're trying to charge the stereo crow and uh, the the business you have a vision where we could just uh, fit in mm. The business, the vision was always well grow the grow you know the profit or grow the the number of sales. Yeah. If they would have told us, well, we if the goal was let's say become the most uh, the biggest I don't know gaming company you know having the best customer experience in gaming. Mm. Yeah. Well, here you go. We have we had a case. We have said mm. okay, this is our why and this is uh, how we want to approach things. You know. Yeah. We, yeah. But actually, we never had that. No, and, we didn't. No, no, we and, just had yeah. the actions. You know, it's yeah. all about just, you know, the what are we doing? What are we doing? Well, we're going to, yeah. you know, push for this because this is basically, this is going to improve our bottom line. This is all it's, you know, it's all it, it's it's all about money. They didn't really recognize where they came from. They understood that, you know, a certain area of the business helped build that business. And where they saw that working, they invested in that. And then they saw CRO as an interesting add-on which i think yeah. a lot of businesses kind of made that mistake true, they don't really true, understand true. the purpose of it yeah they don't know where to place it in an organization they don't know how to leverage it and they don't understand its full potential they have an idea and they recognize that certain businesses use it and they use it you know to good yeah. effect but you know it's it, it's it's a it's a tricky one to navigate 
and uh, yeah and you also you know to build that argument to be able to say okay this is what we're doing and this is how we're doing it this supports the why you know i think yeah. um i think that's something that that will uh yeah if it's handled in the right way i think it can be extremely powerful and uh, it's funny because this company in question was actually that successful because they were true innovators at the start exactly they it, had yeah. built a product that never existed before yeah. and and that's why so many people got attracted you know absolutely uh, and that's what attracted me initially when yeah I, when i first yeah. went there I, you know i thought wow this this company is onto something yeah, yeah of course because you had already what six seven years at least of yeah. gaming background yeah that's yeah right. so yeah it, it's really interesting where uh, companies actually lose this this vision and and i remember because later on i, I worked for, for so for a startup um and they also yeah. lost they also lost the visionary you know the True. person who embodied the why left the organization and the one left behind was all about the money do, do you think it's always one person that embodies the why in a company not necessarily but you know you know as as is discussed in the book you know if somebody leaves if that person who basically embodies the why and inspires everybody yeah. to follow suit uh, and they obviously have to be at the top of that organization yeah. you know to enable all of the people who know how to get things yeah. done um, if that person has to leave for whatever reason there needs to be a successor and that person who succeeds them has to also embody the why of that business and why you know it was successful in the first place so you know this is the problem because most of the time it doesn't work that way most of the time you know if you've got a big successful business um uh, the next person to come along the next executive to you know assume the position of of, of the top of the top person the leader of this you know organization yeah. do not truly understand the why they might be successful in other ways but i think this is part of the problem because i don't think in general people understand that in the business world this is what makes you successful yeah i have a very very good example uh in my personal life about that but before mentioning it i want to put you on the spot and talk about quickly apple do you think apple lost their why with tim cook i think i have <laughs> i honestly do i i i look at what they're doing now and i think uh, i think there have been a lot of people a lot of naysayers a lot of people saying things about apple uh and they've been you know kind of disheartened with the products that they've been putting out because you know the innovation versus the you know the the kind of like um evolution you know they're evolving their products they're not you know revolutionizing anything. Do, do you think yeah let's say the ipad pro was a uh, an innovation or do you think it was just a, a big fat iphone <laughs> i i think it i think it had some nice features yeah and i do think it's just a more powerful ipad isn't it and that you know the idea of that crossing over into being a replacement for your laptop or what have you it gets closer but it doesn't get there 100 because i don't think it's trying to do that properly you know yeah i think they're doing the best that they can uh you know their engineers are pushing but they're not in they're pushing in a steve jobs way where he'd be go he'd go into a room and he'd just say make this happen <laughs> and those guys would just be like they might be blown but it, and you know a very good example you know 
it's not the first time that Apple was in that situation. So I got really interested recently in uh, the, the, all the strategy that they've put in place in terms of, uh, you know, productions and uh, uh, also speaking to shareholders, you know, and, and there's a pattern that, that they're facing and it's the same pattern that when they fired Steve Jobs uh, the first time. Mm. Uh, it's where they think that, okay, they had great products and now scale is about reducing costs Mm. and uh and increasing margins mm -hmm. instead of uh, continu continuously looking for innovation mm -hmm. they're like well we're such in a good position we're just gonna you know yeah just uh, what, what yeah. i think was the word cash the cow is that, yeah. is that the expression in english well i, I guess you know? yeah you know yeah. what i mean milk milk the cow i guess milk the cow yeah cash cow whatever in the yeah. bcj matrix cash cow cash <laughs> cow yeah and they have a cash cow through the iphone and uh, they've, they've tried to milk it as much as they could. Yeah. And they, they tried expansions across India aggressively. It was a complete fail because they, they know some, and, and I just want to have a quick word on that because I was really shocked. And that was, it seems like what well, for one of the, 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 the first time in this century, Apple truly failed to understand the, the, the potential customers. And, and that's the case in India. Mm. You know, obviously India is, a, is an incredible market for all those companies at the moment because you know they're starting to you know really finally get into the smart wall, uh, smartphone world and you know all you know I th there's so many companies that are uh, raising uh, money over there you know uh, the digital banks etc you know i think companies have understood this is the next uh, big content or whatever you want to call it and obviously smartphones are becoming a massive thing i mean they have more than a billion people over there so a lot mm. of people should buy you know buying their first smartphones and uh what they've done over there is keep their uh, high price uh, smartphone, so you know, thousand plus. Mm. But obviously, in India, people is probably the first piece of technology that they ever uh, acquired or purchased. That's they're looking for a tool that actually can replace more the computers, the calculators, you know. They have one other tool with everything in it. They want to have the flexibility of doing whatever they want. Mm -hmm. And uh, they found that in Android. Yeah. But mm. they couldn't find that in, in an iPhone. And that's really scary because. To me, it feels like, well, those guys, they don't have the pressure that we have from Apple. What I mean by the pressure is obviously, if you look at just our table right now, I have an iPad Pro, I have a MacBook, I have an iPhone. Mm. Uh, everything to me is, you know, is connected. I have this ecosystem that puts me under the pressure of, well, that's going to be really annoying if I have to move to another ecosystem right now. Yeah, right? exactly. You, you can't mix and match is the yeah. problem as well. With a lot but of, do you think this represents um, what how we going you know off you know our mindset in 10 15 years because obviously all those tools that i have right now i'll replace them one by one in the next two or three years so you know i could be now switching to a full you know and complete entire ecosystem and well what, what would it mean for apple you know well i think uh unless they find the next steve jobs they're in trouble i really could, I really could it be that. the end could it be the end for them uh I think they'll still be around. It might be the end for them, yeah. Um, I, I often wondered if Johnny Ives was, I mean, you know, a potential replacement, you know. Yeah, he was. Yeah, yeah. But, you know, being, you know, their sort of chief designer and stuff. Of course. But, um... Uh, I thought at the time he was the logic replacement. I was really... I mean, yeah. you know, I think I was a bit young, but I didn't know Tim Cook prior to that. He wasn't a public figure. I think he wasn't as much as a public figure as... Yeah. ...as Hive was. Yeah, you've never seen it on an advertising or something like that. No, no, exactly. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, I think Tim Cook is is just kind of your classical CEO, isn't he? You know, yeah. Sort of, um, he's got the profile, and 
he's got the experience and you know he's been working with Apple for as long as he has but he's not he's not that visionary he's not Steve Jobs and I don't think he's ever pretended to be but you look at what they've you know put out since you know Steve Jobs has died it's been very thin on the ground with innovation I think they've they've just been rolling out um, newer versions of the same thing and you know, yeah. with new features and improved features and they're really making a big mistake with their price point at the moment because right now people are really put off that yeah. these phones have just gotten to a point where they're so expensive you know yeah from one model to another I heard sometimes it's plus 20% plus 30% price increase yeah and the features don't justify that that's yeah you that's know. the problem isn't it you know? yeah people aren't prepared to pay that and I already have friends who are moving away from Apple for that reason. I have a friend who actually bought a Chinese phone, which basically does everything that the yeah. new iPhones do, yeah. you know, even has this sort of like dual camera for whatever 3D stuff, has an amazing screen that's, you know, sort of right to the edges, you know, in a sort of proper 2019 style, um, without the notch, just looks nicer, you know, yeah. Yeah. cost him 200 quid. And I'm like, how how did that? You know, how did you buy that for two hundred quid? Well, I remember like but he's really happy with it. Fifteen well. years ago, you would have said two hundred quid for a phone, and we have said that is pretty damn expensive. I'm not sure if I'm gonna put that. Yeah. Nowadays, two hundred quid is like oh damn, that's a pretty cheap phone. Yeah, yeah, it's crazy. That is manipulation, probably right. Yeah, yeah. When we talk about manipulation versus yeah. inspiration, they were able to inspire us to a point where they probably Apple manipulated us to be able to purchase for their thousand dollars or plus. But I think I think it's it almost warrants the value when you use your phone so much. You know, I think that's yeah. another thing that makes people think. Well, actually, yeah, I am living on this device. Yeah. So, yeah, maybe it is worth me spending that bit extra. But yeah, it's gotten to a point now where it just doesn't make sense. I think for a lot of people. For a, yeah. I mean, I certainly won't be buying an Apple next time. But I think it's just because it syncs with the watch, and I'm a bit addicted to the watch. Yeah. So you you <laughs> probably, probably will have to. I probably will, or I might just get. Uh, you know, a different watch. <laughs> if we go back to those um, soft KPIs, mm. have you heard of the uh, Hurt framework? I think we discussed that a bit. Yes. yes. So that uh, that's actually a framework that Google use, that the UX UI team are using uh, to know if a product or a feature is actually going to be, you know, uh, pushed uh, live. Mm. And I thought that was really interesting because, so let, let me just read quickly. What, what, what this is. So Hurt Framework stands for happiness, engagement, adoption, retention, and task success. And if you look at the goal, it's so the, this goal and metrics attached to that. So let's say the goal of happiness is for users to feel like the site is unique. Mm -hmm. And the metrics are satisfaction, perceived ease of use, NPS. Mm -hmm. There's happiness, obviously, you, it's, it's hard to measure but it's not like they said well time on you know time on the site they haven't said something like how much money they made at the end of of that thing right mm -hmm. if you look again at engagement it's the number of video watch per user per week the number of uploads the number of shares it's mm -hmm. about the usage it's yeah. not about again the bottom line number mm -hmm. uh adoption it's about the upgrades to the latest version yeah. the new subscription Oh, interesting purchases by new users, by new users only. Mm -hmm. um, you know, retention, number of active users again. And task success is for users to accomplish the goal, search results, time to upload, mm -hmm. profile creation, completion, 
and you know those metrics are really interesting they, they there's just you know there's not really i mean one metric is about revenue i mean the number but the rest is more about you know how, how a user feels about actually the, the feature or the product yeah you know yeah yeah and, and look at what they are now they're still you know pretty big i would say mm -hmm. yeah i i think it's uh i'd be very curious to 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 see data on on those on those yeah obviously tests, it's, yeah. it's probably nearly impossible to get that sure yeah i mean i, I yeah for sure but uh I would imagine because I think it's logical. I think yeah, it's a very sort of UX approach to to, to testing. But I think it's uh, yeah. If your goal is to to have happy customers, then yeah. then I think this is a very a very good framework to, to be testing on. So, what are the tools you think we can give to to companies, let's say as a consultant, to help them understand that? Okay, they need to focus on innovation, but innovation is not what what you guys are currently thinking. You know, it's not about you know making X amount of money at the end of your transformation. Obviously, mm -hmm. digital transformation being such a big topic for the past few years, and it still is. I think you know the, the largest group have have transformed, but now it's going more mainstream. Anyway, what are the tools that we can give them? And uh, if I, if I had to start, the first thing that I would say is you need a vision. And there are tools for you to get to get a vision, but that could be for another, you know, mm -hmm. podcast. But something that is very important is that the roadmap that that you as a leader share across your entire company has to be actionable. And so many times, I've heard projects or KBRs or ideas yeah, exactly that what you mean, yeah. that okay, maybe me as a leader. I have an idea of what I want you to deliver, mm. but the guy that is going to execute it at the X level mm. has no idea what you meant. Yeah. And let me give an example. I remember a company that I worked for, one of the goal of that um, uh, quarter was personalization. Deliver personalization. I'm sure mm. they had something very good in mind. Mm. Very, you know, that's something that could re-innovate. Where do I start? You know, if you had a C CMO, let's say, okay, could you tell me? Uh, do I need to kind of get a new tool? What's my budget? Um, how much data do you want me to collect? Do we have enough data? Mm -hmm. You know, uh, what do you mean personalization on on the website, on your product, on what do you want me to personalize? You know, to mm -hmm. to which users, <laughs> to which audiences? And um, I think when you look at a boardroom nowadays. And I've done a few recently. Um, it's all about throwing the latest buzzwords and putting them into a roadmap and say, let's execute that. Yeah. yeah. Uh, we're Absolutely. gonna get some haters, yeah. I think, on that show. <laughs> but I'm, I'm sure they will yeah. organize. They, uh, they they will agree with me at one point. Mm -hmm. uh, and they like to throw those buzzwords. Mm -hmm. um, last year, I can tell you, it was a lot about chatbots. Mm -hmm. Everybody wanted some kind of AI. Yeah. Uh, all machine learning. And they would tell you they wanted both, but they wouldn't be able to tell you which one was which. And they would tell you, oh, you're my consultant, please do, do so. You know, how about going back to, okay, your original vision, which is whatever, looking at what the pains are within your business uh, to actually execute that. What are the gains that you want to create? 
and do what is called a value proposition canvas, trying to match, yeah. you know, solutions to those pains that you want to solve and games that you want to create and start executing those projects. Mm -hmm. And please, you know, break down those things to the, to the level where even you think that your kid that is five year old could actually at least understand the, the, the flow. You know, mm -hmm. there needs to be a flow for each project to the bottom to, you know, the, the latest stakeholder that has to do the latest task. Yeah. And I think that, that would ensure success. That would ensure innovation, you know, progress. Yeah. Um, and, you know... Yeah, there's a real skill to breaking it down. Now. Yeah. Absolutely. De well, yeah. having global understanding, that's why you have consultant, I guess. Mm -hmm. You know, um, yeah. that can really help you do that job. Mm -hmm. But yeah, you're absolutely right. I mean, there is a real disconnect when it comes to that line between senior management and people who are actually, uh, you know, at the lower levels executing, okay, it might get communicated down to the uh, the next tier of managers, but then, you know, how that's actually then turned into, into action is very sort of, is very questionable actually, whether, you know, it's done in a successful way or not. Um, because yeah, the, the vision very often is way too abstract. <laughs> yeah. And people don't know what it means and they don't understand how to get there. Uh, and uh, yeah, if it's you know if it's misinterpreted, then then you're gonna go the wrong you're gonna go the wrong way. Um, but yeah, it's uh, yeah, it's a very good point. I think very good point is there's a, there there is that kind of problem. I think where you've got people who are who are senior, they think they they have an idea about what they want, but uh, how they steer that ship, you know, this this going back to the question of why, you know. Um, they just do what they know rather than they rather than reassess actually what needs what 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 is it that the business needs right now yeah you know? and um and yeah they'll, they'll they'll just fall back to the same old habits i mean you know i'll take you know take marketing for example you know they just uh they understand specific kpis and specific behaviors and if they and if anything falls out of the remit of, of, of those particular things, those learned behaviors and actions, they, 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 they have a brain freeze and they don't, yeah, they yeah. don't know how to act. Um, so I think there is a real skill in coming in as a consultant and being able to relay that high level vision and turn it into something that is relatable to those um, lower level individuals who have to take that action. And to ensure that you know those actions are, are actually on on track for 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 successful you know realization of, of of the vision. Nice, nice. How about closing on that? Yeah, I think we did pretty okay for a, a first podcast. <laughs> One last word. One last word on innovation. Um, last words. Um, I don't know, keep, <laughs> see now I've had a brain freeze. <laughs> um, yeah, um, keep an open mind. Yeah, yeah, agreed.